This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And we welcome you into another weekly edition of RedRecover.com Inside the Paint. Usually we're Wednesdays, but hey, I got to travel sometimes, so this week we're Tuesday. Deal with it. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in Fort Lauderdale, about to head off to New York for a game against the Nets. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com out in the L.A. area. And, and Kurt, we're sort of in this funky time of the season. You and I have spent months on our RedRecover.com inside the paint show talking about the trading deadline and personnel moves. And now that mostly has stopped after last Thursday's whirlwind, and we'll touch on that in a while. You have NBA players who see the light of an eight-day All-Star break and can't get there soon enough to finally exhale. And then you have the start of sort of the the run to the finish after the All-Star break, but in between you have this thing called the buyout deadline and and the buyout process. Kirk, can you sort of take people through, because I know you've done a bunch of this at NBCSports.com, the NBA buyout process, sort of fill people in. I'll, I'll take it from a Heat perspective after, but sort of fill people in on how the whole thing works. These are generally players who either were just traded, but basically their salary was traded. They weren't really ever Russell Westbrook. It was as much as I think it would be funny. He is not going to play a game for the Utah jazz, right? Right. Like, so they got traded as a salary or it's players who were, they teams were hoping they were going to be able to trade as a salary. and, And the deal didn't come together for whatever reason, Terrence Ross, you end up just having the team go, Hey, We'll set you free. We'll buy you out and we'll make you a free agent. The deal traditionally works out this way. The player gives up the percentage of his salary or the piece of his salary that he will make on a minimum contract on the back end. So he basically agrees to a buyout, takes a little less money that he'll make up when he's somewhere else. The team saves a little cash, frees up a roster spot for a young player they want to try out the rest of the way. And the player gets to move on. The player who's stuck, usually stuck in a place they don't want to be or on a bad team, gets to jump to a contender or playoff team. And and fans like – I think, Ira, don't you think fans overestimate the value of these guys? There are guys that pitch in and help. I mean, Ennis Cantor in – when the – was it 2019 when the uh, Trailblazers made a run? Uh, Markeith Morris helped the Lakers when they won a title in a – but more times than not, man – you're playing some minutes until the playoffs start. Then, look, you just got cut for a reason. Yes, you got yes. bought out for a reason. No, so they no don't one help is letting much. a difference maker go in the first place. No. There are some situations, bad chemistry, a team going south in a hurry. So you don't necessarily know about that. There's sort of a key date to this whole process, and that's March 1st. If you yes. were on an NBA roster this season, you must be released by March 1st to be playoff eligible somewhere else. What people lose sight of, Kurt, is that's when you have to be released from your team. You can sign any day until before your team's final game of the season. This year, it's April 9th, and still be playoff eligible. He did that one year with Darrell Wright. They brought him in the last game of the season. He was on their playoff roster when they went to the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Toronto Raptors. So it's not the signing date. It's the release date. So there's another point to this, which happens very rarely but is interesting. Sometimes a team is so yeah. fed up with a player, they will keep him beyond March 1 as a sort of FU kind of deal. As in, you didn't help us at all. You've been in the pain in the ass. You ain't going to the playoffs anywhere. 
And those players have very little value unless another team wants them in their development program or down the road. So we've already seen a bunch of moves right now that have been made. And again, at Curtis, you know this, from not necessarily a beat writer standpoint like I am, but just seeing the league in general, there's always the, oh, they let him get away. They lost out again. Look, when we were talking last week and I was dealing with Big O and our accurate Pembroke Pines report after the trading deadline, there was a sense that the Heat could have and would have done more and didn't get anything at the deadline. And I get that. I get that, that there is probably 20 teams after the deadline, their fan base feels disappointed. But then it starts in the buyout market. You see this all the time, Kurt, where you don't get a player and it's like, why did the Heat get Danny Green? He went to the Cavaliers. Why didn't the Heat get Terrace Ross? He went to the Suns. Why didn't the Heat get Reggie Jackson? He went to the Nuggets. And this goes to the point that Kurt offered. When players move on, they're not moving on to somewhere where they're not going to thrive in the playoffs. So when you yeah. look at some of these players who've already already decided where to go and where their teams, well, Terrence Ross going to the Suns is probably the favorite right now in the Western Conference, despite their record right now. He's looking at a chance to play in the NBA Finals. Reggie Jackson goes to the Denver Nuggets. He's looking at a chance for a deep playoff run into May, maybe even into June. And even the move with Danny Green to Cleveland, I hate to say this Heat fan right now, but Cleveland has a better record right now than the Miami Heat. They are better positioned right now to do something in the playoffs. So you also have to sort of have the perspective there that players are going to go to the best possible teams unless, unless you could offer them a role where they can resurrect their career and be relevant again. Because a lot of players on the buyout market right now had fallen out of favor with their team, weren't getting minutes, Russell Westbrook being the most notable exception. So I wanted to bring that all full circle. The Heat right now can bring in up to two players and stay below the luxury tax. They can bring in one player and keep Orlando Robinson, change his two-way contract to a standard deal. They could bring in no players and cycle through 10-day contracts and maybe find a diamond in the rough to work in the developmental program. You saw Jamari Bouye, University of San Francisco, Kurt's favorite West Coast Conference, you know, taking <laughs> care of it last night for the Heat, 10 points, and, and a really needed contribution against the Denver Nuggets. So there's a lot of possibilities. But there is one name out there, and Kurt, this to me, after you told people how the buyout market works and we explained it, is unusual. I can't recall in recent years a buyout situation like Russell Westbrook, where say what you want about Russell Westbrook. But I'm sure you've also mentioned this at Pro Basketball Talk and NBCSports.com. He was sort of contending for the sixth man award, right? What he did, the way he resurrected his career and then played for the Lakers. Take us through the Russell Westbrook scenarios that you've already posted at Pro Basketball Talk. and, And how unique is this? To have a player, a former MVP, who still yeah. can put up numbers, who put up numbers this season, and now he's eat out there in the ether, clearly not going to play for the Jazz. Where do you see this thing headed? And, and and give people, since you're out there in L.A., a sense of, in case the Heat get him, or in case another team maybe people are rooting for that are watching our RedRecover.com inside the paint show, what is Russell Westbrook right now? There, there's your 20-part question. <laughs> uh Right now, honestly, he's a, like you said, a good role player, a decent, like as a sixth man, when he accepted that spot for uh, when Darvin Ham kind of forced it on him, but he accepted it. He can come in and get you numbers. He's not, he is, I don't want to say never been, but has not been for some time 
a guy who necessarily helps you towards winning every night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not necessarily, he's not helping on defense. He's not uh, in the way that like, if you add Danny green, now they had a hole at the three in, in, Cle- in Cleveland. Right. So they're looking to fill it, but yeah, Danny green helps you win, man. He knocks down threes, plays his role, whatever. I'm not sure Westbrook does that. The Lakers were ready to move on because that, that relationship had been tenuous all season. They'd kind of just made it work. Once his name started popping up in trade rumors, it got messy behind the scenes. He was back to being disruptive to the point where they, if they had not traded him, they were talking about buying him out anyway. Like just, we'll just, we got to get out of the, the Russell Westbrook business. It's not good for our team chemistry. That's crazy. They it's ended, crazy. It's just yeah. crazy for the amount he he's can, contributing for yeah. who he is. He gets numbers, not efficiently necessarily, but he does get himself some yeah. numbers. The six man doesn't matter, does it? Like, yeah. it, 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 efficiency, Lou Williams, uh, Jamal Crawford, those guys who made a whole career not being efficient off the bench, but man will come in and I'll give you 16, 17, and he can do that and get you assists. I'm curious. I, I'll say that I heard Chicago, because of the connection with Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan. Uh, is is hot, but I, I think it's open and I, the, the buzz is, and I hadn't heard this, but people who know him a little better are saying he's not going to make this decision during the All-Star break. He is not one of the, the guys who signed instantly and oh, I'm, I know where I want to go. He's going to take his time with this and find a spot, which I'm curious about because I think the other part question with Russ in particular is will he accept the role in the next place? Like he did it begrudgingly in Los Angeles, right. but you signs in Chicago is he now they they've got point guard issues. Does he expect to step in and start, or is he willing to accept? It's going to be interesting. He could he could start there. I mean that's the one yeah, of the few places yeah. he could start. Here's the one thing I I don't get when I'm trying to caution Heat fans, and I'll cycle back to the Heat and Russ. And please join us on our chat board. I'll get to some of these also. The questions are popping in. Doesn't don't the Clippers make all the sense in the world from this Ooh. standpoint? Russ lives in L.A has wanted to get back to L.A. from his UCLA years, wouldn't have to relocate his family. He's talked about his family throughout this process. People who know what used to be Staples Center is now the Crip, Crypto.com Arena, would literally walk two, ten steps further to go from Lakers locker room to Clippers locker room. Everything would be familiar. It seems to me, from a Russ standpoint, it makes all the convenience sake in the world, plus – Imagine if you could put the screws to the Lakers, finish with a higher playoff seed, be sitting in there while the Lakers were in the play-in, or even if that, after last night in Portland. Now, the other part of it is, and Kurt covers a bunch of Clippers games in person at the Crips. Yes. Did the Clippers not want him? And I'm curious about this, Kurt, for this reason. It would seem to me if the Clippers wanted him, this would have been done right away. But Ty Lue's a really smart guy, and Ty Lue yeah. understands chemistry as well. Why isn't Russell Westbrook already a member of the Clippers who certainly have had issues and depth issues at point guard? It's funny. They were talking about uh, Kylo in particular came into a media conference and was talking about what they like, what we need. If we're looking on the buyout market, he's like, well, we need somebody who will accept a role can work off ball is a shooter who can space the floor because you're going to put the ball in, in an idea deal world where these guys are healthy you're going to put the world in the ball in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's hands virtually right. every time down so you need a point guard who can work off the ball um defends more of a three and almost a three and D like 
a different kind of point guard, not necessarily one who has to run the offense. Went through all this list and then started praising Russell Westbrook and how much he likes him. And we're all like, that does not line up with the player you just described right. in the right. least. So I got a feeling that that was a hint that there is certainly not unanimity among well, Paul George is recruiting him. The players want him. Players right. are horrible the Paul GMs. George quotes, yeah. Yeah. Paul George, again, fans, players are horrible GMs. From yes. LeBron on down, they are terrible at this. Right. I mean, think about what LeBron <laughs> gave up in Kuzma, KCP, Contavious yeah. Caldwell Pope, and to a degree, Montrell Harrell, who at least could have helped the Lakers with their center issues right now before they brought in Thomas Bryant. So I get all of that. Take it to another point. The Heat have been linked to Russ. I think early people just try to put yeah. players with names and put the square pegs in the square holes and think that can work. When you look at where Russ was and what he did mm. right now, what he's been doing this season, and you look at the Heat situation, their chemistry, their culture, Jimmy is the alpha male, Bam is the emerging player who has to get fed on the pick and roll. Tyler Hero, the young guard stud who's going to be starting a $130 million extension. Okay, if players make the worst GMs, any people might be the second worst GMs. But, Kurt, I'm going to put that hat on you right now. If you were Andy Ellisberg, if you were a Miami Heat executive in the front office and you're sitting over there at 601 Biscayne and you say, hey, we might have one or we might have no, depending, or, or rather we might have two available buy, buyout spots to sign a player. Kurt, sell me or don't sell me. You're sitting at the table right now with Pat Riley, Adam Simon, Andy Ellisberg, and Nick Arison. Do you try to sell on the idea of your team bringing in the Miami Heat, Russell Westbrook? Or if not, what do you tell them why you don't think it would work? I, I, I Again, if he's willing to accept the role, it could kind of work with the second unit if he's willing to come off the bench and play 10 minutes a night. The thing is, here's the thing, Heat fans. He's not really better than Kyle Lowry. He's just not going to be this Even this Kyle player. Lowry with this shape Even this and Kyle injury? Lowry, yeah. Really? I mean, it, he, I, I mean, when Kyle Lowry plays, it's not some dramatic upgrade over where Kyle that's is fascinating. right now. Um, and he can be disruptive. I think that that's – your concern is that he's going to come in and because he knows his next contract is on the line, um, willingly accept the role. Um, but I got a feeling he's never completely accepted that he's not the guy still. Chicago potential. That's I think I think that's the draw of Chicago, right? That he Because they don't have Alonzo Ball, they're desperate at the point. You could step in and, and play just, heavy minutes there. But I don't know if mind. I don't know if you can if you heat. It blows yeah. my I'd mind. See. And the one thing I'll never wrap my head fully around is a guy's coming off, I think, about a $40 million contract right now. Yeah. Has enough money to take care of his family's family's <laughs> family for the next yeah. millennium. And yet you do talk about they're looking at their next contract and what's going to come next and their next chunk of change. And and, and it's yeah. just as opposed to, hey, I want to be happy. I want to live in L.A. I want to keep my kids in the same I schools. It, it's, it, that's the part that gets me number one. By the way, we have a whole bunch of stuff on the chat board. We'll get to that after our first break coming up in just a second. To me, the problem with Russell Westbrook is this. The Heat can't shoot. The Heat can't make three-pointers. Yeah. The Heat cannot play efficient offense. They are last in average point scored. The only team in the NBA averaging fewer than 110 points a game. They are fourth from the bottom with everyone else a lottery team in offensive efficiency. I was reading somewhere that for his amount of minutes, Russell Westbrook is the least efficient player in the NBA. So Kurt Heelan, Miami Heat, ah, associate general manager, we'll call you. When you look at, at Russell Westbrook's game and you look at your team's struggles, 
How can you even make an argument that that would make you better? The way that Russ plays and what is it? The old, you know, leopard doesn't, tiger doesn't change his stripes. Wouldn't that be the same thing? Wouldn't it still be the, I can't believe he just took that shot shot. Yes. You will end up like Laker fans the last year who every time Russell wind up a three, it was no, no, no. Like you could hear the audible groans within the crypto arena. It's yeah. Culturally. I think he, look, I think he'd like Miami. I will say this teammates love him. He is a genuinely good, thoughtful guy uh, as a person. Most of the time he is, even if he's not that way with the media, teammates love him and he's good in the community. Like I think he fit and he works hard. Like I think he fit with the heat culture in a lot of ways. I just don't think he's the player you need. And I think, like you said, shooting is a good place to start. They just, he's terrible at it. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating. Anyway, there are some other names that I do think fit and we'll get to them. They might not be the sexy names you want. I see on the chat board, we have some suggestions. We'll address all of those. So that was part one of who might not fit and how the process works. We come back from this break on redrecover.com inside the paint. We'll look at what remains of the buyout market and directions the Heat might go. And Kurt will give you his list, not really, of his top five Heat prospects on the buyout market. Now given about 90 seconds to go on the internet. We'll be back right after this break on redrecover.com inside the paint. <laughs> 